Okay. There we go. Perfect. Yay! Success. We are success. Uh, Amy, could you do me a favor? Just give me a test and, and say something, a sentence or two. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving last week. Perfect. That works. You too, Amy. You too, Amy. Are we all set? On your end? Perfect. Now we can fully get started tonight after we've gotten past our technical issues. But it's Thanksgiving. We've all had a lot to eat. So, <clears throat> so good evening, everybody. Um, uh, Wednesday night, November 29th, our Master Plan Committee agenda for tonight. Um, meeting will be held in the Municipal Building, third floor training room, 355 East Central Street, today at 6.30, we're at 6.37. A note to residents, all citizens are welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Uh, the meetings will also be live streamed by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 8 and Verizon 28. Channel 28. Recordings of meetings are available on Franklin TV's Franklin Town Home TV to YouTube channel. And additionally, in an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens will be able to continue to participate remotely via phone or Zoom. The link to access tonight's meeting uh, is listed below or copy the paste to URL from the browser. Our call and phone number tonight is one nine two nine two zero five six zero nine nine and enter the meeting id eight nine five five two one eight four seven zero six that's nine two nine two zero five six zero nine nine and enter meeting id eight nine five five two one eight four seven zero six and then press pound all right <clears throat> so the first thing on our agenda uh, our meeting minutes um, they are posted on the town's website under under the Google uh, Drive. The minutes should have been reviewed. Um, and we're just looking to approve the minutes for September 13th, uh, in the 27th, 2023, as well as October 25th, 2023. Since we have a couple of people um, remote tonight, tonight's going to have to be roll call vote for any votes that we take. Clerk, if you don't mind doing a roll call vote for the minutes of September 13th, 27th, and October 25th. I would be happy to. Is Bruce absent today? Oh, I think so. Do we need a motion first? Is there a motion? motion? One, one more thing to get your recording going again. Oh, you're There right. would be a motion. That would help. Recording in progress. Is there, is there a motion to approve the minutes? So moved. <laughs> Second. All right, roll call. Megan? Approved. Gino? Yes. Rick? Yes. Janelle? Yes. Eric? Yes. Jen? Yes. Joe? Yes. Erin? Yes. Ken? Yes. Clerk? Yes. Uh, vice Chair? Yes. Chair? Yes. Let's see what's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, eleven, twelve. 12 to 0 and 1 absent. Perfect. Thank you, Clerk. I appreciate that. Uh, second thing on our agenda for tonight are subcommittee updates. I'll take it first over to Ken from housing. Uh, we've got a meeting scheduled for December 6th from 205, 5 p.m. December 6th. At 5. Okay. And that's in room 205. Room 205, yes. Right here in lovely Franklin Town Hall. Perfect. Uh, Kobe. Circulation? Mm. Yeah, circulation met before this meeting. Uh, and we were waiting on, we typically meet before the meeting, so we were waiting on 
um, agreeing to these meeting dates before setting future ones. But we had a great meeting today, went through uh, the data needs, and we look forward to that conversation. Um, as far as the objectives go, how are you guys making out with getting the objectives kind of reviewed and potentially changed? Uh, we went through all the objectives okay. at a previous meeting. Um, if there's a timeline at which we're supposed to be uh, agreeing on new ones, or, or uh, then that would be helpful guidance. But uh, I don't yep, think. we're actually going to talk about that. Too. Cool. Yeah. Um, all set. Set. Gino. Sustainability. Sustainability has a meeting scheduled for Monday, December fourth. Here in this room at 7 p.m. Cool. And Megan. Uh, we met last night and finished up our natural, cultural, and historic uh, resources objectives. Uh, and our next meeting is December 12th at 7 p.m. and 2:05, where we'll be starting to discuss um, our public outreach plans. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. That actually segues great into what I just mentioned to Kobe in regards to getting into our public hearings, which we'll talk about shortly. Uh, Janelle, and use and zone. How'd it go Monday? Yeah, uh, so we just met Monday, and we <coughs> reviewed the Beta and Barrett inventory um, and assessment report um, to sort of just gather our comments as a group. And uh, we have on the books currently, but it, our next meeting is December 11th, but it needs to be rescheduled, unfortunately, and we couldn't come up with a great date on Monday, so I'll be sending out an email to the group. Okay. So Might wind up being early January after the holiday when we started looking at schedules, but. Okay. Understandable. With the yeah. holidays coming up, it's kind of difficult. Well, the 11th doesn't work for everybody, so. No, the and then that, that meeting, uh, our intent, and I'm looking at the screen at Amy, uh, is to have Amy and Brian at that meeting so we can talk through anything related to land use and zoning that's in progress. Just so our subcommittee can really understand that. <coughs> okay. So Amy, I'm gonna gather dates from the group and then reach back out with, with you to get that next meeting. Are you okay with that, Amy? Yes, actually we put together, um, actually we already have a list kind of going um, internally with our department awesome. for um, any zoning changes um, and parking issues and all that stuff. So I think we'd be prepared to um, meet with the committee. Perfect. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate that. Anything else, Jenna? No. All right. Perfect. That was quick and easy. Um, one of the things I do want to, that, that did come up, and this kind of harps right back to what we talked about uh, a few minutes ago from Kobe as well as Megan, in regards to the subcommittees um, looking to set potential future dates for the public hearing. Because one of the things that's on our agenda for tonight is line item five talking about the 2024 meeting dates. So when we get to that point, I'd like to see um, somewhere within that timeline that each chair or each subcommittee would like to propose dates for them to reach out for public interest hearings, basically, um, sometime between January and March. Um, when we get to that point. I just wanted to bring it up now during subcommittee updates. Um, <clears throat> any other subcommittee comments? All right, good. Well, that moves us down to agenda item number three, existing conditions and inventory draft report. Amy? 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, so everybody should have a copy of the report. It's been sent out electronically. Um, I've had a couple of people pick it up. Yep, by paper. Uh, if anybody else needs it by the book, let me know. Um, we do have extra copies and we can hand them out. Um, it's just, it's really important to go through that and um, make any edits. We're not looking to add a lot to it. I think we just want to make sure that the information in it matches up to how the town is, to um, our goals and objectives and um, what the current um, conditions are in the town and the current resources are. Um, I think this is a great start. We finally get to see something. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's a big document. <laughs> uh, I already know that there's one map that, that needs to be updated. Actually, a lot of the maps are just pulled from our own um, GIS website. So we've learned that some of this stuff needs to be updated, which is great. Um, so we, this is part of this whole master plan committee planning for this. Um, and I think that any feedback. Everybody got a Word spreadsheet. Um, I think each subcommittee should just do their own spreadsheet or each in each person can do it. We, I, 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 it's okay if I, if I get 20 of those. Um, I've already gotten one from the police department. I've gotten one from our water and uh, sewer superintendents. Um, I know that there's also, I've had a few comments on the one that's been on the drive, but if each, it'd be great if each subcommittee put one together. And then if you have ideas outside your subcommittee and want to submit one separately, just make a copy of that Word document. It just makes it a lot easier to redline it and make changes to the INA plan um, when, when, when we go through it to keep it consistent. In that in that kind of format i know i'll be hearing from the library next week um hopefully senior center so um there's any questions on providing the feedback i don't want to answer really any questions on the a and i document other than it's in everybody's hands because that's going to probably be more the next meeting but if there's any questions on providing feedback um let me know but i think using that word format uh, like I said, you can do it as a subcommittee, you can do it as, an, as a committee member, um, whatever you want to do, put into there and get it to me and we're going to collate everything, get it back to Beta and Barrett um, for a review and then at the next meeting we'll be discussing the changes. Uh, now Amy, um, this brings up an interesting question. It's, there's several questions in regards to the INA report and especially in regards to, to making comments and as we spoke earlier you and i with with Bader and barry one of the points that came up was that they were hoping to try to get as much feedback on the report that we may already have so that they can start to prepare um answers to some of our questions on the december 13th meeting when they do come um but one of the things i'd like to do is I, amy just mentioned um, this document <coughs> Uh, this document is printable. You can print it out, and I know Gino, you've had a, you had a copy of it on your Monday night meeting at the Land Use and Zoning that you've already made some edits to, um, and that's great. I think everybody should keep a copy. Each chair and each committee or person can keep a copy of their own edits. But ultimately, what I would like to do, and this is just to me seem like the most logical thing, is that once you've got a fair amount of comments or a fair amount of changes that you 
propose on your sheet is to translate them into this Google sheet so that they're on, this, on the website and Amy can see them as they get generated. And then we can actually forward this copy to Bader and Barrett for them to review prior to the December 13th meeting so that when they do come in and we start discussing the INA, that they've got some feedback on some of the stuff that we've discovered. I mean, one of the first things I discovered right out of the gate was the fact that uh, the Pond Street property, the 33 plus 9, 33.9 plus acres, the property, we sold that back in 2016. It's no longer part of our EOA, and it shows up in the EOA map as being a piece of property that's, that we haven't had for almost 10 years. So yes, Amy's not wrong when she says we've got maps, we've got a, a lot of information that's just been kind of sitting around in our, in our planning department, on the websites and other locations that as part of this master plan process and part of the INA uh, draft, it's kind of our responsibility to kind of go through it along with Bader and Barry and the planning department as well as the fire departments and other departments um, to nitpick it. And find any information. I know. I know many of you have already gone. Joe, you said you've gone through this soup to nuts front to back, right? Do you know yourself? So, this is our opportunity to make these comments. Um, I would like to suggest, though, that during the process of, of finding these changes, to add them to your sheet, and then as soon as you've accumulated a fair amount of them, translate them into this online Google document. So, so a, oops. So A, Amy has an opportunity to view it, B, Bader and Barrett have, has an opportunity to see it, see it, but it will also allow us as a committee to look at the changes and say, all right, we've got a little redundancy because we've all picked up on one thing that's the same. Because if, you know, if Ken goes through it, Maggie goes through it, Gina goes through it, Jones goes through it, and all of a sudden everyone notices the same change, to write it down four times is kind of redundant. So we really want to kind of streamline the, the, the this this sheet so that when Bader and Barrett get it, they, they're not answering the same question four times. We can if we have four people comment on the same thing, we'll just take a, we'll just take them out and make a note on that one thing, make it one line item and note the uh, note the source to which those were changed. Yeah. I, Jen, I see you've already made one change. So I it, the the paper <coughs> I was looking at as we were talking. Yep, and, and the funny thing is but I have a whole list. I just have a <coughs> and, and the funny thing is that's exactly one of the things I made in my book was that was that picture. So we just just to avoid redundancy, um, I want to compile all of this and then take out the, the the repetition. More than likely, we're all going to come up with something that's the same. Yep. Uh, so, so we're just talking about the facts. That's it. Just yes. So, I mean, here, here's where I get stuck. It's called an inventory and an assessment. Yes. I don't see a lot of assessment here. Okay. And that's where I'm a little stuck, and that's where I get kind of in this, this vortex with myself. I don't find just the facts entirely useful. Um, there, we were talking about this at an earlier meeting, and uh, a suggestion was made that what we really need, especially when you start to look at these facts and then talk to people about usage, that we need to understand some basic things about deferred maintenance, looking forward in terms of those kinds of things that need to be done, decisions about actual physical space. Mm -hmm. But then there's this conversation that comes up about space usage and what the program is in the space that I think carries certainly a bit of nuance, but it gives you a better sense 
of how to make decisions about the places, spaces, and things we're talking about. You know, for example, uh, you talk to a battalion commander for, with the fire department, and you, you find out that a large part of how they are called is really not to fight fires, but to do rescue, to do healthcare, quite frankly, uh, to do a whole host of things that aren't your traditional fire department stuff that, that I grew up knowing or thinking that's what the fire department did. But you just don't see that reflected anywhere in the, um, the inventory and assessment so that you can make some decisions, uh, so that you're not creating a fire department in 10 years that's the fire department that we've had for the last 200 years. So that's where I'm stuck. Um, you know, if it's just facts, that's the easy part. Mm -hmm. uh, but when is when are we going to do an assessment, like a real assessment? Follow you. Um, and, and and then some of these things call for conversations about future. Um, take the library for example. Boy, I hope in ten years the library is not the same library that we have right now. Not just from a physical sense, but from a reform sense in terms of what information and technology are going to be in the next ten years. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm stuck, and okay. I need some direction. Um, Amy, in regards to the assessment Thank part. you, Mr. Chairman. So I, this report is to show what we have existing, and you're exactly right, um, Ken, what you're saying is it's showing what we have. And what we need to do is to take this report and you or, or elaborate to some great ideas to say, this is all we have, but we can do so much more with what we have. And that comes as part of moving forward with our goals and objectives towards the master plan. So it, this is really just to show, okay, you're exactly right, we have this fire department. Um, they don't have a lot of fires, now I know that too, <laughs> being in meetings, um, but they have a lot of resources, and this is what they're doing more. So in the next 10 years, as you work towards the objectives and the goals of the master plan, which will be the next steps after this, um, after this report, is what do we do with that? And um, where can we take this report and make it into our next 10 years for the master plan for the future? Um, so this is really just to show some of the stuff I honestly read, I didn't know that we had, so that, which is great. And I think that like people can understand that. Like, uh, and you just brought up about a lot about the fire department, and I know they got a lot of rooms there, and they're also spending more on ambulance probably than they are fighting fires. So what do we do with that? What, what, how, what do we set? What, what would they like to see goals and objectives moving forward? What, what do they need in their future to, to you know, continue their department as far as land use and, as, and open space? I mean, a lot of open space has been acquired. So we definitely have a lot to plan for, you know, the, the open space plan is that, that's been acquired. Um, rezoning, <laughs> all, all as far as, you know, getting stuff rezoned and what we want to see as far as development in the future. So totally agree with you, Ken. Um, this is just the, the, the first part of uh, many more parts to the master plan. If I make one other, one other point, too, <clears throat> I think there are a lot of concepts in here as I read through them that committee to committee may contradict themselves. Words like growth, quality of life, 
how we want to show up, what we want to be known for. And I do think that there's got to be a conversation from a conceptual standpoint from the various committees to iron out what growth means, um, uh, what quality of life means. And, you know, again, here's where the assessment runs into the inventory good quality of life. Well, I'm not sure an inventory should be making a comment about whether the quality of life is good or not. Um, and I think this is really just an inventory. Fair enough. I, I know Megan, you had your hand up. That's okay. Megan, go ahead. We'll come right back to Jen. Go ahead, Megan. Um, so I, I think Ken, I think Amy explained it really well, but I think how I've sort of gone through the same thought process of, you know, the inventory and, and how do I think through this. Um, and so I've looked at it too exactly. The inventory assessment is just an inventory. This is where we currently stand. Our goals and objectives are the part of where we want to be. And some of, some of the things we talked about even last night in our subcommittee were things that aren't in our current goals and objectives. It's, it's some big picture things that we want to make sure that we include in there. And then for me, what was missing um, from the beginning that I've sort of wrapped my head around a little bit more is, all right, so we've set these like goals that are sort of not really open-ended but like a lot of the ones that we have from the 2013 plan like oh like we're just gonna this is ongoing we're continuing we're continuing we're like well where is why is this so broad that we can't say that we've closed it off but I think that's really where the implementation part comes in which this is like a new thought process for me is that that's where you get specific of okay here here's this big broad goal that in a broad objective but here are the actual action items that we can look at going forward to accomplish these goals and whether all of them are met in the next 10 years maybe maybe not but at least there's specific action items that can go under the implementation to make sure that they're being met yes. i don't know if that's correct but that's how i've thought through the process no i i agree with you and in, in, in fact just as just as a way of, of explanation to the committee as a whole um, one of the largest steps of this whole process will be will be accumulating everything we've done through the public hearings our subcommittees our objectives our goals our reassessment of the inventory in, in assessment draft documents and then ultimately at the end spending a significant amount of time figuring out ways to implement all of these things and that's really the, the one of the the meat potatoes of all of this is once we've accumulated everything we need to accumulate, we've readjusted everything we need to adjust, and we've set new objectives and goals, now we have to do the hard part of coming up with a plan to implement those goals and to implement those objectives and to implement any future reassessments that may be necessary for certain aspects. I mean, one of the things that came up last night with our discussion that Megan was talking about earlier is now we have all of this open land. Now we have to kind of not only it's not even really a matter of reassessing the situation. It's really just kind of coming up with making an assessment as to what we ultimately want to use all of this open space for. So yeah, it's reassessing the fire department. It's coming up with new assessments for renewed open land. Um, but that's a lot of that's going to come out of what we set for goals and objectives for each subcommittee, and ultimately what we're going to do when we get to the implementation portion of it. That's going to be a, that's going to be the trickiest part of this whole thing. Jen, you both outset Megan. Yes, thank you. Jen, um, <coughs> when I initially reviewed the document, it's primarily about you know sort of land use or, or subcommittee focus topics. But then as I as I went further um, and had my architect hat on, looking at the assessment of town buildings and facilities, I have a lot of questions about 
how these facilities are rated and sort of building on a bit what Kevin, or sorry, Ken, I'm looking right at you. Uh, what Ken said is, well, what's the program? What's the functional need? What are, the, these buildings are all rated satisfactory, but based on what? Is it out of the facade satisfactory? Is it meeting programmatic needs? Is the amount of square footage and capacity satisfactory? Is the, does the roof need to be replaced? Are there deferred, like all it says is, the condition and functionality of these facilities is based on factors like maintenance efforts, funding allocations, and community initiatives. So are, are these purely subjective uh, uh, analysis? Or what, how were these facilities <laughs> assessed? Did I, did I, sorry, did I? I'm not no. on your committee, I, subcommittee, I don't know, like maybe I should you, be. You, but you might have been listening. Oh, That's what I no, I wasn't, <laughs> but I guess great minds think alike. But, and, and then even the, the schools, the, the, the school assessment, um, you know, the school, uh, uh, you know, ties back to, to the um, to the town's um, uh, ma master plan for, for the schools, but that, that assessment in and of itself is based significantly on capacity and, and ability to deliver education and less so about the, the buildings themselves, the facilities themselves. And so how are we going to determine what the needs are for the future of these town facilities, town funded facilities, the, the future of these facilities and the needs based on, based on what, based on what data? And I, if we're doing, if, if, if this is a consultant hired to do inventory and, and assessment, to me, this just feels very, like, almost superficial to a point where it's just data gathering and collection and then putting it all in one document, like data that already exists versus additional assessment and analysis. And I don't mean to be hypercritical, maybe their scope doesn't in include that but it feels like we should at least have data to be able to make decisions as a committee that is determining or, or setting a path forward for the future of the town. I don't, be, I don't feel prepared to make decisions based on subjective, satisfactory, or unsatisfactory notes. I, um, maybe I'm missing something very, very significant here, mm -hmm. but um, anyway, that's just my two cents. Also, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. I that, that was the conversation that we had in our group, particularly around <coughs> services and facilities. We thought that we were lacking a lot in data and specificity of assessment. They opted for the thumbs up, thumbs down model, um, which, which was not, not super helpful. And, and the, my real question to, to Amy is, I mean, we're, we're, we plan to put together a pretty extensive list of uh, data that we'd like to see included, most of which I'll be able to link to and say this exists, can we just put it in? Um, but how, 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 how much can we ask them to be better and, and give us more? You know, like around the, uh, just taking one example, around the, the satisfactory buildings. You know, can we ask them to do it over a set of variables? Uh, you know, yeah, facade versus size, mm -hmm. and you know, how 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 much can we ask, or do we or do we ask and we let them tell us what they can do? Yes, thank you, Kobe. Um, so 
Probably facilities is like a really hard, probably one of the toughest elements here because I do believe that the town is hiring someone to do a full facilities assessment on all our buildings, which we, we have not done yet. Um, I know we did the Davis there. Um, so they can only use the data that we provide them. So this report is the data that we provide them. They're not going to go in and analyze every single facility in town. That's totally not part of the scope. And I totally agree with what you're saying. When you say satisfactory, what does that mean? That that could be a little bit more explanatory, and that's a good you know feedback comment um, to our consultants. But I think that when we get hopefully, I, I believe there's a facility study in the works of all our buildings. Um, it's not part of our scope, but it is in the works to um, assess everything within the buildings. But they can't they can't assess roofs. They can't assess. Um, you know, they're just kind of more looking at capacity, um, accessibility, safety um, for our buildings. But this report is not going to go into detail of every single building and um, what is available. And, and that's really not the point of it either, um, as far as the inventory and assessment, is to show what buildings we have and what is available at the buildings currently. Um, goals and objectives could show. Um, like you said, Kobe, you have a lot of ideas, and Jen, you do too, um, about improvements, and those could definitely go on the goals and objectives um, when we get to that point uh, of these facilities. So, um, but they, they're not, uh, you know, they're not construction people go out there and go analyze every single part of the building, but it's more of the accessibility, the safety, um, the capacity, what they can be used for. Okay. Yeah, I think that's helpful. I mean, I, I think how I'm thinking about it is A, I'm not going to hold back on my comments and my sort of data requests and let them say we don't have that, that doesn't exist uh, at time of gathering. Uh, and then our goals or our objectives might end up being well, we should go out and find that data. Yes. That, that is actually one of the points that came up in our subcommittee was that same thing was it's like we have we actually have to set goals that we don't have any data for and just make that as kind of one of our objectives is to get made right is to gather data and to gather we were talking about districts historical districts establishing historical districts that don't yet exist yeah. so it's really very little to go off of until we actually come up with setting those goals, and that's going to fall under that particular uh, area. <coughs> um, Janelle? Uh, a question and then comments on the report. Yes. So the question is, what is the time frame for the town facilities assessment? Uh, you mean? If you so I don't have that. Actually, I just wrote it down to find out, but I do believe that they were trying to hire an outside firm to um, do an assessment, it's been kind of ongoing, so I don't have an answer to that. Could you do me a favor, Amy, as part of Janelle's request, see what we can do to find mm -hmm. that out by the next meeting? So, yes, okay, yep, thank you. I got it written down, perfect. I will do okay. And then, um, 
in this report, every section has a subsection within it called existing conditions and trends. And thinking about trends, what I was looking for in the data is um, not just one graph that, like the, well, first of all, a lot of the data that's in there it was a gathering of existing data, and if it ended at 2018 or 2019, that was stuck in the report. So there's a lot of data in here that was not brought up to today. And I think to be used as a real basis of our existing inventory, it should be brought up to today. Correct. Um, so that was that's one comment. Um, the trends idea is it would be great to see if there's a graph of uh, or a table of data and do we have this data for the last 10 years and is there some trend? Is it going in a direction or not? Um, and that would be helpful to see. And as Kobe said, I believe a lot of this exists. It just needs to be shown that way and not just whatever the latest 2019 table shows. Um, and then the other comment on trends is, how does this data compare to our neighbors or other towns in Massachusetts? So benchmarking. Then that can see, that's another way you think about trends, right? So if, if Franklin's uh, population in this area, a percentage of industrial or, um, you know, uh, certain spending in certain areas, if, if if these things are going up over the last 10 years um, and compared to our you know, towns, <coughs> our close towns, that's going down, what does that mean? How does that help us plan going forward? It, it feels like that's something that should be in the 2023 inventory and, you know, our existing condition and trend. I agree. Uh, Amy? As far as much of the data that they're talking, that you're talking about, um, so I, I yeah, have. Yes, I was listening. So what? I guess I'm saying, like, what kind of trends and what kind of data? For there's only so much data we can get. That's definitely not 2023. I mean, we just got the 2020 census, um, and if if you get the housing, actually, I know there's a lot of questions at the last meeting. Is where are we at? Or the it's the SSGI, and that was um, now we're at 10.89 percent, and um, that was off the 2020 census that came out in July 2023. So when you think of data, they took the 2020 census and they gave us that data in July 2023. So I'm just looking for um, what specific trends and data that you'd like to see or, or have them um, maybe look at in the future? I mean, even even on that exact point, it might be interesting to see how that percentage has fluctuated since the last master plan, and then also what the percentage is for our, our regional area. I, I, that data exists, and it would just be helpful. It's, it's context to inform goals and objectives going forward. That's, that's well, so no, master plans are, oh, Mr. Chairman, no, do you mind? Go ahead. You want to go ahead? No, go ahead. Let me finish your thought. Okay, thank you. Um, you know, the master plan is specific to the town, though. We, we, we do have to focus on our town. We're one of the largest towns 
in this whole entire area. I, I sit in the regional planning meetings and, you know, a lot of people have the Board of Selectmen and they're, they're anywhere from 10 to maybe 18,000 people. Um, that it, it, I, this is part specifically Franklin, it's not to compare us to, I think, a lot of the other towns, which I, 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 I deal with this a lot when I, when I sit in our, my regional planning meetings. Um, but definitely understand what you're saying, Janelle, about getting more data. Um, it's hard to come by by the state to um, get the most up-to-date stuff. I mean, they have the, the most up-to-date stuff, but they only do censuses so much um, here and there. So that, that's kind of what we're dealing with to gather the data. But if there are specific other um, trends that, 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 that you specifically want to see, I could definitely go look into that. Okay. You're all set to know. Thank you. It was important names that I, we, we identified many of those, and I'm going to be putting them in the comments. And I think, that, and I would encourage everyone, uh, you know, to, to name what it is that you would like to see and be as specific as possible uh, and let them respond. But I, I am nervous that they're going to opt not to do work that. I think should have already been done around some of that stuff. Like I don't want it to come across like, oh, here's all this extra work that you need to do. Uh, but a lot of it just like should have already been done, uh, especially around uh, some of those um, again data that exists that just wasn't up to date, or data that could have that would have been helpful if presented <coughs> in relation to other towns, in relation to over time, as a bar chart instead of just. Uh, list of numbers right. um, okay. so I'll put this all in and, and, and I'll be as specific as possible and uh, encourage everyone else to as well thank you Amy sorry Gina just want to finish my thought um, sorry Gina um, Amy <clears throat> one of the glaring things that really kind of pops up here is is the obvious one the first one I posted about the EOA on Pond Street the 33 plus acres that we haven't owned for almost 10 years now you know it's been eight years and, and these this is data this is information that Pedro Barrett are being given because we ourselves on the town end of things haven't really gone out of our way to update much of this information and Mike I guess my curious question is why you know why why is something as glaring as this make it into an assessment report when it's almost so glaringly obvious that this is just not true. This is this is information that's been false for well over eight years now. So honestly, I mean, I really can't answer that. I guess I can put it on all, all of us um, as, as town staff that, that that is a map that should have been updated. Um, it did not get updated. Um, kind of fell by the wayside. Um, it, it, you know, they did, I think when, when was it, probably back in 2008, 2010, when then really when they developed a lot of these economic development growth areas, and then they got developed, and kind of um, just kind of fell by the wayside of updating. So it, it's something that um, us town staff needs to work on. It, and again, everyone everyone works hard in the planning department. I'm not looking to, you know, 
I'm not looking to put anyone down in the sense that there's a lot of work that needs to be updated here. It's just it's just frustrating when I when I look at the document and I see information that hasn't been updated for almost eight years. And Bader Barrett didn't did they or did they not even ask? Hey, is this what's this current? How current is this? When's the last time these were updated? When was the EOA last you know, reviewed? When were these maps last reviewed? Were they did they ask these general questions to you and to the staff? Or did they just take it um, for what it was worth, I guess? Um, kind of both. So they had given us a huge list. I mean, I got a four-page list of all the information that they wanted, I mean, from every single element. Um, when they were evaluating us, all the people that they wanted, you know, to talk to. Um, and I, a lot of it, we referred to the website, what we had on the website. A lot of it we referred to, you know, interviewing with people. We gave them a lot of the documents we have, like a housing plan, the open space plan, um, the last master plan. So um, they, they, they took what we had, is basically what, what they did. Hmm. Um, so they took what we had, or they I took what we gave I don't believe that they're going to question everything that they that they were going to take on the website, and I think this is. But this is a good. This is the whole thing about updating the master plan because we catch all the stuff that has not been updated as well as part of the process. Uh, no, fair enough. I agree with you. This is this is a grand opportunity for us to kind of view much of this this old information, kind of kind of you know pick through it. And update much of it ourselves. It's just that it seems like there's a lot that's that's kind of outdated here um, that we really need to, to look through the fine tooth comb. Uh, Joe, yeah, reading through the whole report, after reading some very simple first grade effort in this, I don't have much faith in the whole report. A very very simple thing. Only four houses have been built in the past four years in the town of Franklin new home structures from 2020 till today. 2021, 22, and 23. In four years, only four houses have been built. Where did that information come from? Are there footnotes? They have footnotes that refer, some, some of them have footnotes. Um, I'm, looking I'm not right sure how to see it. I'm looking right at the chart. Right uh, page 30. Year structures <coughs> built. It's got every year broken down, 2010 to 19, 1,000 houses. Goes all the way back to 1959. It says built from 2020 or later. Four new structures. What does that tell you? Page 30. Page 30. Built after 20. So that's four years, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Only four new homes built in Franklin in four years. So it starts to make me think, how much more do I want to believe and not believe in? I mean, that's that's one on one stuff. The simplest, don't you just call the building department and say, can you tell me how many building permits have been pulled on homes since 2020? It's, it's a valid question, Amy. <coughs> it, it's their footnote to where they must, they, they did talk like with the assessors in the building department. If they say new home, are they referring to a single family? Because that's possible. 
They might not be referring to like Well, let's say it, whether it be structures or single family homes or multifamily, four is not the number. What is the number? Um, it's a lot more than four. That's the number of four. Yeah, what is the number? Uh, exactly, that's what I want to know. What is the true number? That's what I'm depending on this report <coughs> to make decisions in the future. And just, it does say down here the source is the American Community Survey 2021 from the U.S. Census Bureau. But then that should be mm -hmm. made clear that this data is not from 2020 or later, it's through this 2021, but still four cannot be correct from 2020 to 2021. And I guess my simple response is, is let's note that. Oh, so yeah. as, part, as part of the process, as part of kind of filling in what we find and we note is to put that into the spreadsheet so that we can make that information feedback both to Amy and the planning department mm -hmm. as well as Baylor Barrett so that information can be clarified. I, I mean, Joe, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I know there's been more than four houses yeah. built <laughs> since, since 2000. It's I just, mean, there's been something that built, multifamily, yeah. there's all kinds of structures been built, so yeah. it just... Do I think, do I yeah. think um, from 2020 or later, so I'm looking at it now, four? Yes. There's been improvements. This does not include, like, improving a house, additions, multifamily. There's new structures. I'm not sure, really sure, um, but they, I mean, you have to That's go on, um, yeah. and there's also the Town of Franklin, Town of Franklin Housing Production Plan that they've referred to. Right. So they do have a lot of footnotes where, where they did gather their information from. Um, yes, it's not 2023 data because we have our housing production plan um, done last year. Could it, could it be? That they're just referring to 2020, I think is what I'm. Is, is no, it's just 2020. I know they wrote it later. I'm or just, later. I'm just kind of wondering. Yeah. They to I think this yeah. whole conversation just validates that there needs to be some clarity. Okay. Right. And what, yeah, what, what is publicly going to go out to be information that? Yeah, there are footnotes, but the the general anybody reading this should be clear of what definitions are, what the data is, like the years that it's covering, actual versus predicted. Right, and this again is our first bite. Right. It may be just a typo. I mean, folks, look at the other numbers below it. This is, this, this yeah. is certainly not anywhere near being a final document. And it's gonna take us as a committee to help fine tune that, do you know? Yes, I, um, I was just going to say another example in the sustainability section, they talk about green, Franklin being a green community since 2016 and, and reducing the energy usage by 12.5% by 2020. And the information is readily available to FY 2023. In fact, the green community's annual report is due this Friday. It has that data in it. I don't know if it's been submitted yet, but mm -hmm. I was going to ask for a copy of that for our subcommittee, but that's probably another document that could be, not the whole document, but the, um, the chart that shows the energy usage by year since Franklin became the green community mm -hmm. could be uh, added to that sustainability section. Well, that's, a fair, that's a fair point. Amy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
We don't want to add too much more to the document. I agree with making corrections to the document. Um, what we can update is not part of our scope to keep um, with the trends. And I totally agree with you, Gina. Gina, that um, you, you know, I know something's coming out now, but we can't keep following what's going to come out. We kind of have to settle this document, make the corrections. Um, Give, give the advice of, uh, of the corrections that we see needed. Um, but we can use all this advice, everyone that, that has mentioned tonight and everyone has talked about, that's definitely in part of the master plan in, in the future of the objectives and the goals and, and moving forward with the master plan. Um, the, the inventory assessment, they really only use what's like the current document. So, um, I mean, I could talk with them. It's not in their scope to keep following trends every week, um, but they can definitely. We want the feedback. I mean, definitely want to see the the, spread, the word documents filled out so we can keep updating it. Right. So <clears throat> it's safe to assume, maybe, that after the, the December thirteenth um, meeting, that we have a beta Barrett and we come back with our feedback and, we, and they have as many answers as they can give us then, that we can expect hopefully say by January, prior to going into our, our scheduled first public hearing in say February, that they'll be able to, to gather much of that response for us. Is that a valid expectation of them? Yes, it is. Okay. It is, so, so I was kind of hoping with our, sorry, I'm looking at the, uh, I'm kind of hoping with the first January, well, we, I know we haven't gone into date yet. We're going to go to the dates. Just, yep. just kind of saying, for January 10th, I'm hoping to have the survey results. January 24th, we can get into the final document for um, the INA, and then looking at the public hearing on the 7th and the 21st um, for, for that. So, yes. Um, going into the 13th, hopefully everyone already has submitted all their comments. Um, I'm able to get them to Beta and Barrett, and they can review the comments mm -hmm. um, and kind of narrow everything down. If there's any final questions on that, that would be the next meeting. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we hope to do the survey results. Perfect. Thank you. And Gina, you're all set? Yes. Anyone else have a comment in regards? Jen, you wanted to finish your thought? Not about the report. Okay. We're, we're, we're jumping on the next thing here, sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyone else have any further comments? All right. So just by way of, of clarification, um, with the uh, with the INA with the INA report, uh, conditions and assessment report, um, again, as part of either subcommittees or individually or as a team, however you want to do it, um, take some time to go through the document with a fine-tooth comb. Anything that you find whatsoever that you feel deserves a comment, please put it into that document, your own personal document, and then when you've got enough accumulated into your document, again, please translate that into the online template that Amy will have access to so she can review it, and then Beta and Barrett will have an opportunity prior to the December 13th meeting so that they can come back with some of the feedback to our questions. Fair enough? Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> It is a lot, no doubt about it. But it's good to have something, even if it's, uh, as, as Joe put it, uh, first grade-ish. Um, tabling and outreach 
for the survey. Amy? Sure. Um, so yeah, good news. Thank you, Erin, for putting everything together for that um, flyer. That was awesome. Um, I actually was able to have DPW print up some large um, poster, well, poster boards. Today, I brought them over to the library, the senior center. I also printed out a whole bunch of flyers um, that I dropped off there as well. They're all over the town hall. Um, I've shared it with, um, it should be all over social media as well for the town websites. I uh, shared it with each of the committee members, so hopefully if you want to post it on um, your whatever social media platform you have. Um, let me see if I can see. I know as of earlier today, I had 151 responses, but I can see if I've got more now while I speak about it. Um, so it's out there and um, let's see, I got 232 responses. So um, it's out there. Our plan right now, uh, we had talked about doing 30 days, which is kind of rigorous around Christmas time. Um, I think that I would, I think talking with a chairman today is just kind of let it go to the new year. After the new year, um, we'll close it out. We're, we're going to keep throwing plugs out there on social media through the town websites and our town media in the next week or two um, to keep reminding people to, to fill out the survey. Um, and then my plan is to get up on Thursday. The January 10th meeting for um, results. If anyone has any ideas or what they want to do with that, I know it's getting tough with um, the holidays coming up. To the chair, do we have a goal of the amount of responses we're trying to get? As we can. <laughs> Lofty goal. <laughs> it, it is. It's it. It is one of the one of the comments that came up, and Amy just reflected on it herself just a minute ago. We had a discussion this morning myself with Amy and Peter and Barrett about leaving the survey up through the duration of the year, simply because it's the holidays, and it's particularly difficult to get you know a lot of responses from people when they're busy with the holidays and stuff like that too. I think in in one of the I'm I'm hoping I have no I have no matrix. To work off of, but the 232 responses we had this week, um, a lot of that had to do, I hope, with the fact that I posted the survey on every possible location on Facebook I could think of. But the problem with Facebook and Twitter and all of these social media forms is that they're like ticker tapes. You know, once I put it up, it doesn't re it doesn't regurgitate itself. It doesn't come back up and say, "Hey, I'm still here for you to take the survey." I have to keep doing it, posting it, reposting it, and reposting it. This is going to kind of become one of our responsibilities as a committee to kind of to put this survey out in people's faces. I know Steve's posted it on Franklin Matters with the flyer, and you posted the survey as well, correct, Steve? The flyer is scheduled. The survey, when it came out, and I saw you posted it on the weekend. It was either in Sunday or Monday mornings, whatever the day after you did it. So, yep. And I will schedule those. That was the question I asked <coughs> earlier via email in terms of when is the end date, so I can then schedule out on a regular basis the reminders before an end date. To uh, 
That's a good question. I'm going to answer that question in just a second. Amy, how much time do we need to correlate the data once the once the survey is complete? So you so you said, Amy, you're thinking January 10th to for the results. How long is is 10 days, seven days? What's what's enough time to kind of because I know again it's a, it's the new year, so the first week coming back might be a little bit of a challenge for people to get back in the swing and things after the holidays. What's going to be enough time after the survey is closed to correlate this information? Well, I think Cobra could even answer that question. <laughs> the data it does it correlates itself every day. Oh. It, it it gives you grids every day, um, as I believe because I did I did look into it a little bit about. Uh, I could go in there right now, and they, you can do grids, you can do Excel, you can okay. do that. So the data can be correlated. So if it's if it's that efficient, would we be would it be well, fair to allow it to say go to the seventh of January, three days prior to our date? I think I prefer. Oh, Colby wants to talk. Good, good. I just I think you're going to want more time, right? Cleaning of data. There's going to be obviously bad responses in there, um, and then certainly like you know if we want to do any cross cutting of like these demographics felt a certain way. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, the the download and like production of charts. Uh, the you know at least the basic input. That's easy. Yeah, a lot's already being done. But making it useful uh, might take more time. So mm -hmm. uh, I think I think I would cut it off for January third. Um, but as Kobe just said, whether it'd be a very very rough draft to discuss on the tenth. Oh, actually, we still get we could still get on the tenth. Hopefully that. We could, I, or I could at least get it out and, and kind of, I guess, slice and dice it by the 10th. But I would I would definitely cut it off by the 3rd. All right, 3rd third sounds reasonable. Jen, you had a comment? Just, a, I, I guess, a question maybe to me through the chair. So I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't on any social media uh, stuff, so the way that I knew that the survey was live is that I got the email, the automatically populated email from the town today at 11.35 a.m. And it took me three kind of nondescript links to finally get to the survey. And I'm wondering from that email, and the email itself almost looks like a spam email. Like it, it, it looks very unofficial and it comes from a very unrecognizable email address. It's like cmsmailer at civicplus.com via sendgrid.net. To anybody it, who is somewhat aware or very cognizant of phishing, Attacks and, and it might be considered spam, right? And so I, I knew this was coming, but to a lot of unknowing people, I bet they, they're like, is this really from Franklin? It, it you know, if if you look at the form of the email, hopefully everyone got it. You have to click the link that says read more, which in and of itself just feels like spam or phishing. Mm -hmm. Then it takes you to our form Franklin Future Survey website. And then it says, please see the attached flyer. So then you have to click on either the, the PDF um, itself or the link to the master plan committee page. I'm doing this live right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on the master plan committee page, you then have to click here to take our master plan survey. 
And even graphically, the text of the maroon for links is very hard to discern from just the black or gray text from the rest of the page. It's not a very effective communication method if we're trying to just reach the general public who aren't necessarily avid social media users who are seeing the latest and greatest posts from our town council members and other active engaged citizens who really care about this. So I would highly recommend that we get our comm staff or whoever's in charge of this actual email distribution list and follow up and, and uh, graphic quality and ease of getting to the actual survey itself through email. Um, like as soon as possible to clarify that this is legit and to encourage the excitement around it maybe, I don't know, I just, I was really kind of unpleasantly surprised with how difficult it was today to even get to the survey as probably one of the 100 people in this town who are very aware of what's going on. That's all, thanks. No, it's a fair assessment. We just let go of our comp stuff. <coughs> yeah, we don't have any. We don't. Oh. Amy, who, who sends out that email? Just out of curiosity. So, uh, yeah, how, how it was is that right now is in the town administrator's office that that did it. So I sent the brochure up there. I did see. I am on. You know, I I, I sign up for um, anything that goes out. I did see it go out, and um, I did ask if in the future they could add the link to the Master Plan Update Committee website where the survey is. Um, just and yeah, like you go from the email, just get to the survey. The survey, right. Yeah, like so, you shouldn't have to go through four pages. So I think, I, I, I think. They, we can do that. Okay. And can we somehow make it seem like it's coming from a legitimate email source? that people are familiar with the email address? Because that's like phishing attack 101. If you don't recognize the email address itself that it's coming from, people are gonna be hesitant to click on any link. So I just- But anybody who, I guess, it, it, it came from anybody who signed up. Like if you see- Here, I'll, you share know, my, I'll share my screen. I mean, I- well, you get on the town of Franklin. I'm just, right. I, actually, I know, I'm just trying to understand. I know exactly, I know you talked yeah, about Jen. And go right to the town's website. This, um, this you get you get on to town on website at town Franklin website. Come on, Don't can I water. can I just share my? Can I share? Yeah, my I can't see. I can't, Glenn. You're like it's the address that the mail yeah. is emails coming from is. Oh, okay. I need uh, to be allowed to share my screen. I need this anyway because I wanted to talk about Maps tonight, which I thought was going to be on the agenda. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's part of this conversation. Uh, let me know when I. Able to share. Oh, Erin's got her hand up. Erin, I bet you have a lot to say about this. Um, <laughs> but the yeah, screen sharing is disabled. So maybe Erin can talk while we're waiting. Erin, yeah. can you let her share screen? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about outside of the town sending out to anybody who has subscribed, whether we ever utilize, um, you know, connections at the rec department or in, or in any other groups in town who have very large you know community databases whether that that's something that they would ever share because it's relevant to them it's relevant to their buildings and their programming um would they share it so uh from the perspective of trying to reach more people than perhaps those who have happened upon the town website and signed up for this these specific notifications um you know we should think about those kind of options 
Okay. Can I just make a quick comment on Good. the Gmail that went out? Yep. So I was um, not surprised at how it looked because I subscribe to all sorts of different town email mailing lists and they all come from this generic CMS mailer, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, if there's something going up before a planning board or zoning board, it just comes through with like an address, click here. And it it's, does. And, and that is, that is our format of communication. That's like our, our, our highest level of communication. Thank goodness we have Franklin Matters because yes. <laughs> like, that is the communication with the community yeah. from the town. And so in terms of our community um, services subcommittee, we've talked about technology and communication and becoming more modern and user friendly. Mm -hmm. um, so it came through like every other notification that comes through, just like it's, it's just an automated simple text looks like a fake thing and can you can you allow me to share my screen or uh, sure while you're speaking yeah Jen just while Glenn is adding that um, Amy going back to exactly what we're talking about here even obviously having the link to the survey in the email is ideal but if you also click on a link that then brings you to the form bringer sure, futures sure. survey page like the link for the survey should be on that page as well right you shouldn't have to click on other pages to get to the survey so can we get that link added to that specific page as well please and thank you I, I think I've done it. Mm -hmm. oh, on hold on so, sorry Megan what um oh, where are you at I am on the franklinma.gov website and on the actual Form yeah. Franklin's Future Survey page. There's no actual link to the survey on there. Okay. So this is my personal email. Don't look too hard. But the uh, this is the email that I got at 11:45 a.m. So this is what we're talking about in terms of it's a sentence, and this is who it comes from which is very suspicious. I, yes, I agree. I, I'm used to getting the town stuff, but do people just ignore all the town stuff because this is what it comes from? It's a question. There's no graphics, right? There's nothing, none of the Ford Franklin features, uh, brand, right? And then, you know, you have to read more and it brings you to this page, which is great. But again, the red is almost impossible to read against the gray. So you're like, oh, do I click this flyer or do I click this link? Uh, I'll click the link. Okay, now I'm on the master plan committee page. Right. And I'm scrolling because of this. Oh, this is the link. This, here we go. It's also hard to see graphically. So anybody who has visual impairment or like this is not an inclusive. And never mind, I haven't even done this on my phone. This is just on my computer. Um, so the for phone format for all of our digital natives who aren't, you know, who are getting notifications that way. Finally, I can get there. Like, it should just be sent as a link straight to this, this URL with the branded Form Franklin Future. And it should, maybe it should come from Jamie. Maybe it's like somebody, a trusted source, like directly. <coughs> I don't know. It's just a suggestion. I think we're going to get a lot more responses if well, the communication in general could be. Jen, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, these are, this is a discussion that we as councils are going to have to have with, with Jamie uh, to see what we can do to try to improve this method that we're doing. I will admit that the fastest way that I got this, I know it's always <laughs> um, the fastest way that I got this survey out to social media 
was to quite literally copy the URL. But that's for everyone who uses social media. And right. just there are a lot of people who and just post it right yeah. to Twitter and right to everything mm -hmm. else. That way, the link itself is the survey. Right. And yeah, that's fine for all the first, social media users third, and three, everyone who follows you. Things. Twitter. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people. But this is what you're asking yeah. for, though, is that simplicity. Yes. So that once an email or once a link or once something pops up in your email. It's a simple link, but the, the irony of all of this is any any professional IT person will always say to you, don't click links and emails mm. because they send you to a potentially hazardous site where they could download malware or software and stuff that can do malicious things. Um, so, I mean, just the fact that we're sending emails with clickable links is a deterrent from well, people it's, it's wanting to Well, it's clickable links are fine, but from a trusted email. Yeah. The, the True. But so, you know, nowadays they can make eBay look like eBay when it's not eBay, you know, and it's well, and that's what's that. in Amazon <laughs> that matters. So I'm not I'm I agree with you in a sense that when people look at these things, it may come across as suspicious. But to the point that you made and the Megan made also, I, we get these emails from the town. So once we get them, we pretty much already know what to expect. So the goal here, I think, based on what the discussion is, is to try to somehow take and create a simple one-click, here's the survey yeah. type of method yes. so that when anyone does receive an email or tweet or whatever, that they're going directly to the survey. Mm -hmm. And that the explanation, and this is one of the things, Amy, I was, I was going to note, is it, we are, we're really quite vague in the explanation of the master plan survey. It, it doesn't, it doesn't really say, hey, this is, these are some of our goals, these are some of our thoughts, this is what the master plan is doing. It just simply says, hey, do you want to be part of Franklin's future? Take this master plan survey. It's, it, it is a little generic. We definitely should look into maybe updating that, that first paragraph. But we do need to create a link um, that is going to take us directly to the survey, regardless of the fact, because we only have technically a month to uh, get this survey done. So. Amy, is there any way we can reach out to Julie in the town admin's office to maybe, in yourself, to maybe update the, the, the town's website so that the link isn't so buried? I mean, and I agree, because even when I look at it on the, uh, on the town's website, let me pull up the town's website. <clears throat> So you're I, not I wrong to, because even even looking at it from on the internet, all of our links are really kind of hard to read. So go ahead, Amy. I'm sorry. No, I think because um, actually I was just trying it because I, I went to you, you know the, the link that we had, and if you do the QR code, you get straight to the survey. Um, okay, I get that that's fair. If, you, you know, if you just go into the um, the email that was sent, you, you know, I that that's like your typical email you get when you get um, public hearing notices and all that stuff. So, and I I do feel that I understand what everyone's saying about needing to know that this is real. Um, you, you know, survey is not just a public hearing notice that's coming from all the public hearings that we have. Um, so I can def I will definitely work with um, you know town staff to 
um, see how we can improve getting this out in a better method. Okay. How often can we, uh, for lack of a better term, regurgitate the survey on the town's website? I know once it's, I know once it's up, the link it shows up in the corner as kind of a, a blob, mm -hmm. but it just sits there. How many? How often can we kind of resend it out? Could we? Could we resend it out? As much as as much as the committee would like to. Okay. I don't. I also don't. They, they can keep that. sending that link because they even asked me like, "Do you want to send it again on Friday? Do right. you want to send it nice?" Right. What's our frequency? Right. right. I said exactly. we are meeting tonight, so let's see. Um, uh, well, before we, I jump we, to Eric, do, do, do you have any this. suggestions? <laughs> I will do what I can. The only other piece that I think you probably, as a community of leaders in this effort, and I respect your effort totally, I support your effort totally, because I'm one of the ones that will be living with the future that you're helping us divide. Yeah. Given the survey is out, and given the nature of the questions, I aborted my completion of the survey because of the lack of detail and I'll give a couple of quick examples because I'm not going to take over the time. You've got a meeting and you've got a time schedule. The third question I think says rank one to five. It doesn't tell you which one or five is high. Mm -hmm. Two questions later, it then tells you rank one to three and it tells you one is high, three is low. Reverse them please or be more consistent. Um, then you start getting into some other categories of choices and rankings and you can only choose one in a column and yet some of them you're hair nitpicking between some of the categories hence I aborted my completion because heaven forbid you as a committee if you don't spend time creating a rubric and I think Kobe touched on it in terms of how are you going to score this to give yourself some action points then this entire thing, communications to society, we're faced, we as a community have funded this. This is our way of doing business. Unless you determine how you're gonna use the answers, it's a waste of time because you're not gonna get any valid info. <laughs> Two cents, sorry. Yep. Um. I'd like to add another uh, two cents, which is this looks like it's only accessible to English language speakers. Mm -hmm. No, that's a valid point. Um, it, uh, well, I guess this kind of boils down to a Google question. Uh, Amy would, or does Amy, uh, does does Google divide the means to translate uh, any of their surveys into? Go to the schools page. They have an option to make it available in multiple language. Schools already do it. All it needs, town needs to talk to schools and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that we would have to um, pay for it. We'd have to pay for it? I believe we would. I, I, I haven't looked I, into it, but I definitely can look into it. School budget is not that far. No, it's a Google service. It's just an option on the pages. The pages need to be set up. Yeah, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound like something that would be an additional fee. That just sounds like a, a setting more than anything. But the town needs to get the message out in a way that's accessible too, let alone the yeah. survey itself. Mm -hmm. Right. So the public output, even the even the emails, saying mm -hmm. in some either second or third language, whether it be Spanish. And Where does it stop? Council meeting? Yeah. Well, I, I 
I agree. We are missing a demographic. I do agree with that. But shouldn't it just be standard across all yeah. communication? Yeah. That if I'll you're if the town's sending it on email, it should have the option for translating. Yeah, on, it, that's how the schools it, do it. There's it, an option. And in this day and age, it, with the technology we have, it's 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 really just a matter of picking yeah. and choosing what language you want to read something. Yeah, and that should that should be an option. They want to watch the nice reading. What is that? Like yeah, it, should, it really is. all directs to this meeting. This meeting's not closed captioned. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, it's auto, it's auto generated closed captioned. I mean, in different languages. Yeah. yeah, no, it is. You can change this meeting to, sure. to Spanish. Well, no, you can't, change, right now? you can't change, change the voice, but you can change the captions. The, the individual captions. user yeah. profile settings can change. Yep. Yeah, that, that option is available. You'd be surprised. I mean, it can make me sound like Mickey Mouse if they want to. Erin, <laughs> did you have a, a, a comment? I do, yeah. So, a couple things. First, if you um, if you right-click on any Google form, you can select to translate it to, into any language that you choose. Um, obviously, you need to know that you can do that. So, um, maybe we could edit the form and just add a little note that says, if you, you know, I mean, obviously, that would then be in English, too. So. I don't know what the solution is, I guess, for that, but any Google form can be translated into whatever language that you choose if you right-click on it in Google. Um, <clears throat> my other comment, um, uh, Amy, to you was um, for the QR code, that was like, you know, intended for printed out flyers for the sides of the library, all that kind of thing. Um, I would love to remove the QR code for the website. People are on the website on their phone or on their computer. They okay. can't scan a QR code. Um, I would encourage whoever updates the website to uh, link that photo to the URL directly, um, as well as like the PDF to the, the URL directly, because otherwise it's, you know, they're gonna kind of hit an endpoint. Um, in their search. That's it. Thank you, Aaron. All right. Glenn, can I just did going back to. Um, Hold on, Megan. I just haven't oh, given Eric a chance to talk. Yet, so I want to go ahead, Eric. Yeah. Um, picking up on the uh, inclusion of people within our community. Um, I'm conscious that people who receive and sign up for the subscriptions might not be everybody that's out there, and there might be some people that aren't don't don't know that they don't they don't feel welcome to be participating in that process. And I was wondering if there's some sort of outreach that we can do to some of those community leaders within our within the town to actively invite them and welcome their participation into it, not just say, here's a survey, please take it, but to reach out to Franklin Cultural Council and say, we welcome, we would, we invite you to participate in, in this. What about our large Indian population? Is there a leader within that that we can send the email to? And, and that if it comes from the town administrator, that's even better. But I'm sure we have a list of who some of those leaders within those communities could be. And to send that personal invitation, I think, would really uh, help to set that right tone and get their input to what sort of community they want for the future here, too. That's a, that's a good thing. I'll let that down. Yeah, I might even be able to do that. That's just that'd be great. Simple. 
And again, it could be something as, as like the executive director of the Franklin Delta Partnership. It could be the, the cultural. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then they can send it out to their networks that might not be signed up to all our listservs as well. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm sorry, Megan. Sorry, okay. you were out of my peripheral <coughs> vision. So. That's all right, no problem. <laughs> um, just going back to Rick's in initial question about how many people we anticipate filling out the survey, just for some context, looking at our experience with open space and recreation. Um, and I know that was a much smaller group trying to get out the, disseminate the information about our survey, but we had about 800 participants um, that replied to that survey. So well, I ideally we'll see more for this one. Do we have um, a goal? I mean, a, a number that makes it statistically significant? I mean, do we need to be a thousand or two thousand or? I mean, if we yeah. can be tracking it so that if we get two weeks out, there's only 300 surveys, what are we doing? Yeah, five percent would be good. Well, yeah, it's, that's probably a fair number. It's five percent if, yeah. we, if we're fortunate to get five percent of thirty-four thousand. Well, you shouldn't of, be that many well no, of, of, we're not going to get 34. Our total population is 34,000. Right, no, we only have approximately 29. We'll take it for registered thousand. Since about 20. Yeah, we're taking. Yeah. What did you say, Steve? 24,000. So 5% of that. We don't even get those people out to vote. Well, Hopefully, we can get, get them out to do a survey. I think we've got to get more people to do the survey than they did vote this year. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good goal. As a problem, we go with that. Um, okay, I hate I hate to be rude, but we're kind of spinning the wheels here on this one, so we kind of move, we kind of have to move on. Um, Amy, could you do me a favor and, and take the comments in regards to the survey that we spoke about tonight, uh, particularly um, fixing some of the wording um, about the rankings? I think that's a valid point Steve has, where we, we kind of need to, we need to fix the consistency and we need to fix. Uh, the way it's worded so people understand that number one is higher, number five is lower, et cetera, et cetera. Just, just to add a little bit more clarity into those questions. Because that's a working document that can be changed fairly simply, correct? Right. Yes. So we can make those changes. Um, in regards to uh, reaching out to the town administration, up to Julie in the office, um, if, you, if you could chat with her and come up with some ideas as to how we can make it, uh, make some means possible so that when we do send out another communications to the town as a whole, that it's really just simple, it's just a simple link to click instead of going through four or five different avenues to get to it. Yeah, I think I'll work with Erin on that one too, okay. because she had, did a good recommendation about maybe taking the QR code off when we uh, post it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Um, anyone else have any more comments? Kobe? Just, just quickly, uh, if you could throw one of our uh, graphics as the header of the, like within the Google form, that'll invite people, just change the color so it's like, makes it a little more professional outside of the, um, again, especially if we're gonna have, have people clicking directly in. Right. The other good thing about the having the header change is then when you post the direct link to social media, that becomes the visual, right. as opposed to a purple Google form that people see a lot. It's a small thing, but it, it, it's, it's a quick couple of buttons. So, like for instance, because what, what popped up, I'll bring it up on my page here, 
sorry, I'll have to jump off in 10 minutes, but. Yep, no, that's okay. Yeah, and give me, give me, oh, that's not gonna work, is it? We're blocked, aren't we? All right. Well, never mind. Uh, I'll, the fact is that when I when I pulled this when I pulled up the link, uh, as, Joe, as Kobe just mentioned, um, and I pasted the link to the to the social media link, it showed that it said master plan survey, and that was a direct link directly to that. That's ultimately what we want to try to accomplish. Go ahead. It's a great segue if we're done to talk about potentially more inclusive. Uh, engaging, meaningful survey uh, uh, type that we could uh, do with our town if we're ready to move on to. Very quick example before yep. Amy has to hop off. I'm going to share my screen if that's okay. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Does this map Chenier? Yes. Okay, hold on. You can you can bring it up, but I just want to make a comment. Uh, Amy and I had a discussion. She had looked into the cost for map Chenier. Um, Amy, correct me if I'm wrong. It's $4,500 uh, for three surveys. It's $6,000 for five surveys. Um, we don't really currently, as a, as a committee and a department, have that kind of funding to put towards something like that. Um, however, we, I, I did push that up to the town administrator's office to ask him what he thought of it. A, he hadn't actually heard of that particular one. His comment back to me was he thought it might even be better than what we currently have and something they're going to investigate because as far as being a one survey use for us, there's, there's, no, there's no real investment in spending that money if we're only going to use one out of three surveys unless, it, go ahead Amy, I don't want to speak for you. Um, you, want, you made a comment about other departments potentially using it. No, I don't know anything about um, I, all I did was I did share with the JS department because that's where it would be handled. Um, they've never seen it before. They were impressed with it. But I don't know about any other departments needing this tool at this time. Right. But I have not had time to reach out to any other departments either. So, um, you know, it's kind of up in the air. Okay. Understood. And I... I mean, I can also create a survey that we can use if, if that's allowed um, as an option. I don't know if that's allowed, but well, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up with the town administrator to see if what his further thoughts were on it because if that if this is a potential alternative for some other means of, of map making questionnaires that our departments, not just the planning department, are already currently using, and it might actually be an improvement to what we already have, mm -hmm. then this would be a, a logical pursuit because then we could purpose it, meaning the planning department could purpose it for this as well as the other departments. So and then that's kind of what Amy was leading up to was she, we haven't really had an opportunity to speak to the other departments. Because okay. it's really, it's kind of hard to justify the cost without actually. Totally. That's why I'm going to just blow your minds right now and um, help you justify the cost. Okay. So here is an example of a town's uh, uh, master plan. Uh, website uh, page that you would come to to even start. There's pictures involved, so right off the bat, it's kind of a proven fact that once you engage, engage images, people are automatically more interested. They have um, a little video, and I, and I don't have sound, but it sort of explains the, the, the master plan uh, process, and even the welcome page itself is uh, branded and has, you know, kind of the multiple languages, you know, that we're talking about, their town administrator, their mayor, 
it, so it's really engaging just right off the bat. And then it says, what is a master plan? Click here to learn more. Or you can just go to start taking um, the survey. And uh, it's really easy to curate the questions based on the responses, but they start right away by getting people to use the map as a way of, um, of recording information. So uh, all it does, it says, what brings you to Kent? Place a pin where you generally work or live. Go to school. You don't have to be exact. Give a general location. So if I put my home here, and then it starts to ask you questions. How long have you lived here? So these are some of the questions that we're already including, but yes. in a more interactive way, right? I currently own my home. Done. And then it goes back to where do I go to school? Over here. I walk there. I take public transit. Wouldn't that be great? But the whole point is, uh, right off the bat, it's getting people engaged uh, with the map. And um, it's asking questions like needing to find space for new homes. Where do people think that those should go? Uh, click here to learn more about different types of housing. So maybe there's a link to a housing production plan or what the needs are. Um, and then it gives you the option to place where people think single homes should go, smaller apartment buildings, larger, mixed use. So when we're talking about zoning and land use, you know, these are all questions that if we wanted to ask the community in a really interactive way, we could, and it's very easy to understand kind of what you're doing and, and to use the map. Um, it's talking about, you know, we can ask questions about jobs, we can ask questions about destinations, which I think is really fun. Where do I go to recreate? Where do I go to dine? Where do I go to shop? Um, tell us about yourself. So this is getting to some of more of the demographic information, but not but just a little bit more than just your age or, or ethnicity. I go to school here. Um, then the stuff that we're already asking, right? Asking, uh, it's also outreach, so how else do you want to be contacted? Website, social media, so it's, it's also creating that, that database, and you can win a prize. So all these same type of things that we have in the Google form, and then how is this uh, useful, right? So... Um, Did you actually just take this survey? Uh, no, it's not. This is a, um, it's a mock uh, uh, website, yeah. So don't worry. <laughs> 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 I, I, she, I, uh, she lives in the most upscale neighborhood, didn't you know? I don't, hopefully, I don't know. I could live in an industrial park, I'm yeah. not sure. Um, so uh, how how is this uh, uh, useful? Um, you, in the end, it can create all sorts of uh, map-based, uh, or heat, heat maps that can create really compelling graphics uh, that are the results of the survey. So, and you can play with, with how these graphics are, are created, um, but just from all those responses, you start to see overlays of, this is talking mm -hmm. about you know cycling and, and walking. You can have people draw, I don't know why this is, um, sorry, I think this is just a, a graphic. I'm a Teams person, I'm not a... Is this, no, now, I guess my question to you, Jen, yeah. is is this Mapsioneer doing the work for us, or is that us doing the work using their software? It's using their software, but um, like the survey's through their software. You're basically paying for the software, for the ability to create the survey and then use the results to, to create these graphics. So this is an example of how you can play with the graphics to make a meaningful um, uh, summary of, of the results of the survey um, to create sort of those heat maps using using the responses that people placed on, on the map. Um, and 
we do this by we I mean my my day job uh, for doing institutional master plans mm -hmm. uh, all the time and I'm trying to keep this quick, quick because I, I want us to I know Amy has to go I think she left yeah okay so she's she's not Shit. she's not interested no no no, no I'm she, kidding, I'm kidding. She, she has, she has um, family obligations but on. there are these are just um, uh, Minneapolis so so it just creates a lot of graphics that take that data to, to Steve's point, like how is this even even useful? Um, but in a way, sorry, I don't know this like thing. we could one of the questions we could ask is, where would you draw the boundaries of a historic district? Right. And yeah. And we get, right. you know, a thousand polylines on the map like that. Yeah. Just to inform what. What the yeah, master plan historic and cultural resources. We can look at that as okay. This is where people see this as one of the most historic uh, regions or areas of the town. It's a different kind of survey. Like it's it's more qualitative than mm -hmm. quantitative, but it's definitely informative and engaging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what it so this is a, the Minneapolis, like the city of Minneapolis master plan, but their report, which is thousands of pages long. Mm -hmm. You know, you get these graphics of all these dots that people place, and this is just, I don't even know what the content is of this or, or what it's saying, but it just shows really quickly, like if you imagine all of these survey takers, all of a sudden you get 20 dots over here and there's nothing over here, and it completely disproves or validates uh, an assumption that we already had. That's the benefit to having these graphic results of a survey of, of, of saying, where's your play, favorite playground? Like you can take these Google form Surveys, but the more people that you get hitting, you know, Mason Street now that it's new versus, I don't know, King Street because it's kind of like, kind of like I could find out that most people actually get their cars repaired on New Central Street. Sure, if that's Street. all the questions. What's your favorite mechanic? I don't know. But, I mean, that that's I don't Joe? know if that's necessary, but go ahead. I guess my question is, uh, the survey is going to be done by people that are living here today, not the people in the future who want to plan to be here in the future. So this will go. 100% against what Kobe believes in. Where would you like to see housing? Would you like to see housing around all the downtown? And everybody says, no way. Put it on the outskirts. We don't want any more housing downtown. So, so that goes against everything Kobe's trying to get done. So and nobody downtown is going to want more housing around them. They live here now. They love their homes. They love where they live. And they don't want any multi-housing or new housing put downtown. So they put arrows all on the outskirts. But the town wants more housing downtown to thrive the downtown. How are you going to, so what is that survey going to tell us? If 300 people say we want housing on the outskirts of Franklin. How does that go you can the direction it. we're trying to, but that's what the survey is to tell us what the future, okay. what the people want in the future. Guys, one, I hate, I want to, yeah, yeah. I just want to keep some cordiality here. Well, commercial, you know? we don't need any more commercial. You put know? it all down the end of Washington Street. We don't need it anymore. There's too much traffic. Well, that's what's going to come back okay. with the people who live here today who are comfortable in their homes. Uh, Janelle? I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people in Franklin that think a lot of different ways about where housing should be located, and a survey like this could help gather all those inputs, not just people who feel one way or the other, and then we could use that input to I, inform decision making. There are, uh, Jen, I think this is a great idea. I do, don't get me wrong, I think it's a great idea. Joe, you're not wrong. Janelle, you're not wrong. Jen, you're not wrong. And Kobe's not wrong. 
Because the one thing that everybody has to take into consideration, I think it's back to Rick's point and Eric's point, is if you, even if we were to put these surveys together, are we reaching a large enough breadth of demographics from teenagers all the way up to those who are capable of taking the survey in their 70s who are going to give us valid input into the questions that we pose them? Because if you were to ask somebody in their late teens, early 20s, about where they would expect or hope to find housing, they might say downtown. If you were to ask somebody who's lived in the town of Franklin for 30, 40, 50 years, they're going to be like, hell no, I don't want anybody downtown because I don't want to re I don't want to overpopulate downtown. So it's really just a matter of an opinion based on demographics. And the only way we're ever going to get that kind of valid information is by having a, an extensive survey that multiple demographics and people have an opportunity to do. But the problem that we struggle with here is people like myself who are on the cusp of that generation of computers who anyone older than me, I don't mean to insult my mother because she's gotten quite savvy at these things, um, just don't typically jump into going on to Maptioneers and start clicking and placing and doing these things. They're more satisfied with the old-fashioned way of, of filling out forms and, and saying their opinions on things than they are about going along and interacting with, with, with things. So we're, we're kind of restricting our demographics, let alone make it certain that we would have it out available and interacted for a reasonable amount of time to actually get lucrative feedback. You can have the, that same map and ask the same questions in a physical format mm -hmm. at, at the senior center, at the library, at town hall, mm -hmm. and, and have it be engaging with those users who aren't comfortable using their phone or mm -hmm. the library. And I think you could say the same thing about the Google Form survey as mm -hmm. well, right? Or Grandy survey. Mm -hmm. so, so I wouldn't necessarily say that's a limiting factor at all mm -hmm. whatsoever. If anything, I would say it's an opportunity to reach more people. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm all about the graphics. I'm all about the interaction. I'm all about the, the graphics. I personally think it's a great idea, and I think a large percentage of people would. Uh, it's just, a, it, it's just I think that those who are a little bit more savvy, kind of tech savvy, a little bit more computer uh, literate, are going to love stuff like this because they can just go on and click and point and answer questions. Um, but it may leave my fears. It might just leave out of that. Or it might just skew. Uh, the information because you're going to get a generation of people who are that kind of tech savvy who, who think that the housing should be on the, in the center of town or whatever. If money wasn't an option, would you be in favor of it? Like you, would I be in favor of it? Yeah. If it were available for a, a large enough time and we were able to capture large enough demographics within the time frame that we have to do it, yes. Because like this survey, and I kind of think it's Steve's point that he made earlier, is okay. Well, you know, it, it, it's not done in, in in such a way that I feel valid in answering this question. So you might lose people uh, for that reason. Um, but if we don't leave it out there long enough, we're not also going to reach enough people to even get a valid amount of data. So I don't know. It's it, it's a conundrum. Do we go with what we got and hope that it's enough to meet our needs for the master plan, or do we continue to make further investments that we don't necessarily have the money at the moment? To do? Offering to do the town hall paper. Hmm? I'm offering to do it with. Oh. Uh, Seventy. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if that's allowed, but I'm. I'm that's. I have to jump off. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, I yep. jump off. Amy, before you jump off, I have one last question for you. This is Jen, this is Jen's question. 
Um, what's our legal restrictions in regards to you may or may not know this answer. This sounds like a Mark's around question. Yeah, um, I'll I'll bring it up with Mark. Amy, never mind. Amy, have a good night. Thank you for your help tonight. We appreciate right. everything. Thank you all. Have a good night. 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 All right, I'll reach out to Mark. So yeah. Either way, I mean, money aside, I mean, it would just be good to, to know whether this group thinks that it is a worthwhile option to pursue or, or not. Because if we do, I think it's something we would have to move towards sooner rather than later. Oh, absolutely. Sorry. Well, no problem. I was just going to build off of it. And to your point, Glenn, about um, not everybody is tech savvy. How much time have I had troubles with my phone and calendars getting them synced? I still can't do it. Um, but we are New England. We love getting together in a room. And uh, yeah, I know it's cost restrictive, but I'll just put it out there because I don't think it's too late. Why can't we have some sessions on weekends? have a facilitated dialogue about what our community wants to be. Let's get the old maps out. Let's start putting you know things out. Let's have a dialogue over off on the side and make it fun engaging in games. We did it uh, when I was living in Mansfield just a few years ago. We got at least 300 people together in the auditorium, in the school, for two hours on a Saturday morning, and it was fun. It was fun to be a part of the community and think about what we want to do. Does it cost money? Yes. Mm -hmm. But we'll get such rich data out of it, and it takes it out of the public hearings and the formal com component to it, and I think it'd be really, really worthwhile to do. Can I work off of your comment for a second? Absolutely. Um, the meeting that I had this morning with Bader and Barrett and Amy directly, one of the comments that, that Max, Max has had about our first public hearing was exactly what you just said was taking that opportunity to be in a relatively large venue where we can have an opportunity to, to post things and, and have these open kind of interactions for people to, to look at the maps, to look at signs, to make interactions on a board or whatever. And, and, and that our first, ultimately our first meeting would be, our first open public meeting uh, would ultimately be that opportunity to do that. Now, if you get, if with everyone's permission, I'm gonna segue into the next kind of out of the survey and into the next slide item, which is about the meetings and approving the meetings because that will give us an opportunity to actually set a date so that we can in fact have that opportunity to be or have a large venue, a larger venue at our choice, at our discretion to where we ever think it, it, it should be. And that actually is gonna be one of my questions after I get everyone's approval of the dates. So with that being said, I'm going to take it down to uh, agenda item five, which is the 2024 meeting dates. In front of everybody, uh, I put a copy of uh, the master plan proposed meeting dates. Chloe, you have a question? Yeah, friend one. I have a comment on the dates. Oh, okay. All right. I just want to talk about the dates for just a second and, and, and how I came up with these dates working with Amy. One, uh, they're off Wednesdays from the council meetings just like we are now. So to, to provide the opportunity to not conflict <coughs> with council meetings, the dates that have been chosen are dates that are counter to the council meetings. Uh, second of all, there's at least two meetings a month. Um, so there's January has two, February has two, March, et cetera. April has one, 
Uh, May has two, June has two, July has two, August is one. Why? Because it's midsummer. Um, and then you'll see uh, the last two dates. Um, I put these are actually tentative because if things have to change, they would be moved up. But I picked a date of September 9th, which is actually the planning board's projected meeting uh, for their board for us to present the draft um, of the master plan. Uh, and then the 18th of September is, a, is in fact a legitimate town council meeting that I propose that we do the, the, the final draft presentation to the council. Now, as far as the dates are concerned, the 10th of January, the 24th of January, uh, the 7th of February is the first proposed public hearing, uh, February 21st, March 6th, March 20th, April 20th is the second proposed public hearing, uh, May 1st, May 15th would be the third proposed public hearing, and then June 12th, June 26th, July 10th, July 24th, and then August 21st. Um, discussion? Will we? Uh, March 6th is the joint budget committee meeting. Maybe we don't care. Uh, it means I, I couldn't make it. Um, maybe some of our stuff. It's also just like an interesting meeting that a lot of people. So the, the, the uh, but more importantly, um, May 1st is a town council meeting. May what? May 1st. May 1st is council meeting? Yeah, and I just pulled up our 2024 dates. Oh, right. Okay, that's my that's my mistake. So it would be the tenth. Is it the tenth? So May. No, not the tenth. What's the, what's the, then? What would be the date? It's a matter of correction. Eighth. Eighth. So I'm going to adjust um, meeting number eight, May 1st, to May 8th. And that will keep the 15th for the public hearing. Because uh, that, that we're trying to squeeze all that in in May during the budget season. So that's why the dates, that's why the dates came up like that. Okay. Um, so again, just by way of public record and explanation to the committee, uh, June 10th, Jan I'm sorry, January 10th, January 24th, February 7th, uh, for first public meeting, February 21st, March 2nd, March 6th, uh, we can we can keep that tentative. I'd, I'd like to keep it simply because the other dates would be town council meetings. And yeah, you have March 27th open. 27th? Yeah. Well, but then we'd have back-to-back -back meetings. We wouldn't, yeah. it's kind of hard to <coughs> just, just throw things out there. Okay. Um, anyone else have a, a problem with the March sixth date? Well, okay. I'm on the joint. I'm on the joint budget. Okay. Um, but that's okay. Don't really have a lot of other dates to work with for that. That's okay. So. All right. Um, so with the one adjustment to the May first to May eighth, uh, I'd like to put these dates to a vote of the full committee. Um, anyone have a motion? So moved. Second. Second. All right. Uh, Clerk, could you do me the favor, please, of taking a roll call vote for the Master Plan 2024 meeting dates? Master Plan 2024 meeting dates. Megan? Yes. Gino? Yes. Rick? Yes. Janelle? Yes. Eric? 
Yes. Chan? Yes. Joe? Yes. Aaron? Yes. Ken? Yes. Clerk? Yes. Vice Chair? Yes. Chair? Yes. Uh, 12-0-1 absent. Thank you, Clerk. I appreciate that. So that brings us to, actually, before I move on to talking about the, Feb the February 7th first public hearing and the discussion we were just talking about, uh, Amy had proposed that the January 10th date um, be set aside to discuss the survey. So I'm just kind of, I'm just going to kind of add that, add that in as a note mm -hmm. for that date. Um, All right, so one of the questions that came up with Vader Barrett today, and this is Mr. Maxis had mentioned, um, was for us to kind of look forth to the February 7th um, first public hearing and come up with a venue. Um, a couple of ideas I came up with, one of which was the library, another one I know Ken had said. Dean College was kind enough to open up some space. I know the Golden Room is usually a pretty good size. Um, we do want a little bit of room to spread out. Um, another idea that, that came up was the Senior Center. Uh, I think the Senior Center is also a very good uh, space. It's got a, it's got a significantly large uh, amount of space, both between the front room and the, and the back room that can be opened up, just like when they have veterans luncheons and other stuff like that, too. Um, that's one option. Um, we don't have to pick a date today, but I would like everyone to kind of get some ideas as to where we think we should hold that first public hearing. And ultimately, one of the decisions we're going to have to make between now and that date is what, what exactly we want to present. How we want to present it, uh, how we're going to get feedback, how we're, and, you know, how useful is that information going to be. Go ahead. Um. Having done multiple of these, mm -hmm. having done multiple of these large groups, I would suggest a flat floor large room that has the ability to pin up on walls, um, tape up, not not pin, but something that will come down. But walls versus a lot of windows, or windows are probably fine as long as there aren't window coverings because we're in the winter. Um, AV, so that way there does need to be sort of an introductory presentation. Um, but the ability to break a large group into smaller groups at sort of stations in a, in a flat floor flexible room is really mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. um, so having not been at all of these facilities myself, that's others would know better, but that, you know, not, not sort of auditorium style, not something that right. certainly accessible, not no, no stairs, you're going to make sure it's yeah. inclusive in terms of, what the, you know, making sure. Kind of like this room, except bigger. And well, less windows. Yeah, but this would be good. This would be good for picking up because it's all windows, so you'd have to bring in a ton of easels, which yeah. makes it hard and awkward for people to like put stickies on and you know that type of thing. That so does limit us. I mean, one of the things there, another option could be the high school. I know there's a, there's a multitude of different rooms there. I don't know if that would be a viable choice. That's not so central. But um, another issue we have to be considerate of is parking as well. Do we, how much, how much of, a, of a public response do we intend to get? We have no idea, but we have to be at least cognizant of the fact that we need to provide enough space and enough parking for anyone to actually partake. So that kind of limits us to a few locations. So it's not a decision we have to make tonight, but I do want to, I do want to throw it out there so that maybe when we come back, 
on 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 the January 10th date as part of discussing the survey. Um, I'd like to have kind of nailed down uh, a location. So I'm actually going to write that down as part of our J January 10th um, uh, choose a venue. All right. Um, what else did I have? That's about it. That's all about what we have for tonight. Does anyone have anything else you'd like to add um, to our discussion before I bring the meeting to a close? A proposal for a future agenda item in one of these meetings was if the other town committees looking at um, Davis Thayer and the police department are wrapping up their work, could we have a future meeting sort of centered around like we're learning what they pulled together? Sure. Um, Kobe, you don't remember when Debbie had planned on wrapping up the Davis Thayer Reeves committee. I just watched, I was going to say, <laughs> I think they're, they're oh, taking a break. Right yeah. Are they taking a break right now? Because they, they met last night. They met last night yeah. and reviewed the recording. The recording's available on Franklin Matters, no plug in Texas. <laughs> um, they are going to be taking a brief hiatus. They're doing an expression of interest, which the council is supposed to issue and approve so that it can be issued in January to coincide with the 100th anniversary of the building. Jamie anticipated two to three months to allow for the expression of interest to be out on the street. Mm -hmm. To gather that, there was discussion around a February-March time frame for the next meeting, which mental block for me, that's inside the three months that Jamie said, but there may be something else going on there. So I don't see them making a decision until March. kind of May, June oh, yeah. time frame. Just but certainly okay. they're on a hiatus briefly. I can put down the eighth tentatively, May eighth. Sure, whatever it's, makes sense. It's kind Just of, the, it's those eight, efforts. Because I did watch part of that meeting and they did the one they did want according to what was discussed, they wanted to leave that RFI open as long as possible. Our our objectives and implementation plan may be dependent on what comes out of those efforts. No, fair enough. Because by the time by the time we get to uh, May 15th and that third public hearing, we would already be in well into the process of setting up implementation, um, the implementation process. Because we really have to kind of, if I were to put a starting date as to when we want to talk about implementing things, it's probably going to be as early as the May, just the April 10th date. If we really want to be well into, or starting the process of uh, implementation. Think, because we want to be able to wrap up everything um, by the end of August. Yeah. To that end, we've got a point of info you may be aware, but the February, excuse me, the December 13th meeting of the Finance Committee is going to be a deep dive on facilities, mm -hmm. and there's already efforts to bring the school committee and what they're doing with their piece to that meeting as well, and I know that's of interest here. so. I think you've got a meeting with the same night. Yes. So, yeah. Consideration. Okay. Maybe have somebody attend there in person and then everybody else catches up later or whatever. I, mm -hmm. The cloning issue hasn't, hasn't been solved. That's a good idea. So you've got the same problem. <laughs> I got my daughter working on that. Let's see what happens. Okay. Uh, any other comments? <coughs> Kobe? 
you asked about goals and objectives, it would be helpful, mm -hmm. uh, and I'd be happy to help develop, but it'd be helpful for us as chairs of subcommittees mm -hmm. to, to have a, like by this meeting, you should have this done, by this meeting, you should have this done. I agree. Um, we're all somewhere in the same place. No, no, it's a valid point. Um, and I apologize and I, if I was remiss in, in talking about this, but um, what I would ideally like <coughs> to see, um, and, th and this was kind of part of our discussion along the lines of what Kobe was talking about here, is that the chairs of each subcommittee uh, take an opportunity between the, the between January 1st and say March 6th um, to come up, not March 6th, it's March 20th. <clears throat> Prior to the second public hearing to finalize any public hearings or public outreach that the subcommittee is planning on having. That sound like a fair date, March 20th? To do for all the, our for the subcommittees to put their public outreach. To do all our yeah, you're really only doing two. So each subcommittee is only doing two public outreach attempts between January, March, say 20th. To have, have them done by Yes. Yeah. That's fine. And that'll, that will actually be prior to the full public hearing that, the, that, the, that this whole committee is going to have. That will actually allow us the opportunity to get the feedback that each subcommittee has collected prior to the full public hearing on the 10th. So for the chairs, is that a fair date? Can I just ask for a clarification? Yes. So three full public hearings. Well, three full master plan public hearings, correct. Plus two for each subcommittee. Not really public hearings. They're more of kind of like public outreach. So in other words, we're not, they're not full-blown opportunities to engage with the public a lot like we're going to be doing on the February 7th. It's going to be kind of smaller venues, either at the library, at, the, at, at whatever choice, where you've made some kind of um, personal outreach to the public so that they can meet you and discuss these items openly. It, I mean, for the most part, any one of your subcommittee meetings is, one, is an opportunity for that. This would just be kind of a, I guess the best way to put it is a specialized meeting where you're hosting it in a in a special location, either be it yeah. the college or you're hosting at the library or you're having at the senior center or you're having it at, at, at the coffee shop or wherever. It's just so long as it's kind of left open as a public meeting, uh, it'll be kind of a special public outreach where the public will be have an opportunity to engage you with the objectives and goals that your specific subcommittees are working towards. It's really just kind of a kind of like a meet and greet type mm -hmm. of thing. It's not really a very large venue, it's just kind of a small personal okay. uh, attempt to reach out to the public. You know, kind of like go be taking everyone on a ride, but except sure. if you're getting feedback. All right. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, anything else? Cool. I think everyone's tired. <laughs> With that, I'll take a motion to adjourn. Second. So moved. Second. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got second Roll call vote. To adjourn. Megan. Yes. Gino. Yes. Rick. Yes. Janelle. Yes. Eric. Yes. Jen. Yes. Joe. Yes. Erin. 
Yes. Ten. Yes. I already checked it off. <laughs> Clerk, yes. Vice Chair? Yes. Chair? Yes. Okay, non-debatable. 12-0. Perfect. Great job, everybody. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.